The Hen That Feeds You is an audio drama podcast that follows a linear storyline. That means if today is your first time joining us, first of all, hi, welcome, how you doing? Secondly, make sure that you start with episode one and listen to each episode in order, or you just might miss something really important. Please be advised, this podcast may contain explicit language, adult situations, including sexual situations and elements of horror, as well as other content that may make some uncomfortable. Listener discretion is advised. And now, without further ado, let's jump in to the hand that feeds you. Four miles, your destination is on the left. She mocked her GPS's computerized voice. Of course, it wasn't really. Andy didn't have to look at her phone, it hadn't updated its coordinates for the last two hours. It wasn't uncommon for the app to be spotty in such rural areas, but this was ridiculous. She could have asked for directions, but she wouldn't. She was like a man in that regard, stubborn with pride. Then again, who could she ask anyway? She had left the town proper hours ago. Though occasional signs and landmarks confirmed that she was still in Hollingshead, there wasn't a sign of life anywhere. Just miles and miles of rocky main coastline. It was the kind of landscape that a Stephen King novel would roll on and on about. Perhaps deservedly so, she thought. It was beautiful, but in a treacherous sort of way. Smoky, gray, jagged rocks, interrupted by sporadic tufts of emerald grass, 
stretched as far as the eye could see. Beyond the shoreline, a boundless sea of sapphire waves washed to and fro, breaking like glass against the coast. The narrow road wasn't paved, but was coated by an ancient layer of tar and fine gravel. Wound like a mooring line, tossed into the wind, it jarringly teetered on the edge of the precipice. Too daring for the casual Sunday driver, but just the kind of white-knuckle challenge Andy lived for. Perhaps the all-too-imminent danger of driving off a cliff was a good thing. The dull, gray sky and a distant lull of thunder could easily persuade one to nod off to sleep were they not actively engaged in such a daring task. This could especially be the case today. Andy hadn't slept well since her plane had landed in Bangor almost a week ago. Things had only gotten worse the closer she got to her destination. Those intense nightmares, coupled with sleep paralysis, they'd kept her from getting the rest she needed to be of sound mind. Despite the prolific skill she had for chasing down the details of any story, she could feel her senses were growing weak. Come on, Andrea, focus. She reminded herself of all the times she had had to push through even more difficult challenges to finish a book. After all, she was a female writer in the male-dominated world of fiction horror. Deadlines, the sleaziness of self-promotion, constantly selling herself to her publisher, this wasn't her first rodeo. No, this was a dance that she knew all too well. Lack of sleep, that's nothing. And the visions, they were just dreams. I mean, vivid as they were, they were nothing to worry about, were they? But what about the marks on her arm? Then she remembered just how intensely she could feel the demons breathing on her skin, the repulsive stench of death on her breath, and the shooting pain as their teeth broke through the skin on her arm. It must have been those dreams where she was trying to fight them off that she accidentally scratched up her own arm. Yeah, yeah, that made sense. Except for the sleep paralysis. I mean, she couldn't move when she saw them. So how... The phone rang, interrupting her thoughts. She was so lost in her mind, so anxious about the possibilities and her diminishing ability to reconcile them, that she nearly screamed at the playful ditty of her own ringtone. Get a hold of yourself, she scolded. In an instant, she regained her bearings, calmed her breathing, and answered. Hey, Max. Good morning. How's it going? His voice was too chipper for eight o'clock. But then again, he was a morning person. Andy knew this. Thanks to the night they grabbed a drink after his dad's funeral. One lousy drink, and they wound up sleeping together. Maybe it was his weakened emotional state. She had never seen him so vulnerable, and she both loved and hated him for it. Or maybe it was four years of sexual tension that had built up between them. She couldn't decide. They hadn't discussed that in the aftermath. They hadn't even talked about the incident since it happened almost two months ago. Andy hadn't brought it up, and Max seemed to be playing it cool, so maybe it was just a fluke thing. At least, Andy hoped so. After all, 
she had vowed to keep it that way. What's it like? He continued. I'm not there yet. Oh, really? Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I just can't seem to find it. It's not where it was listed on the map, and of course my GPS is a freak show out here. Well, shit. Is there someone you could ask? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I, why didn't I think of that? Hold on, let me just pull over and ask this tree. Or maybe this rock. You know, I mean, after 4.6 billion years, I'm pretty sure he knows the area. Aha. Uh -huh. Very funny. He was used to her sarcasm. There is absolutely nothing out here, she yelled. And I'm literally about to fall asleep. I haven't slept a wink since I got here. Really? Why not? He sounded genuinely concerned. Uh, um... The, the bed, she laughed. <laughs> Last time I booked an Airbnb with no reviews, huh? Of course, the bed was perfectly fine. But she refused to tell him about the dreams. She wouldn't. Even though he had never brought up the night of his dad's funeral, he had acted differently towards Andy ever since. The once sarcastic banter they used to share, all of the playful low blows, had now grown very one-sided. He was softer. He showed concern. At first, she thought it was because his father's death had made him sentimental. At least, she hoped that's all it was. But now, she wasn't taking any chances. I should have gone with you, he said regretfully. No, she snapped back, a bit more firmly than she had intended to. I mean, um, no, you know how I get when I'm writing. I'll find any reason to procrastinate. No, it, it's better if I'm alone. Just then, the thunder snapped so fiercely that the reverberations nearly shook the car off the road. Was that thunder? Yeah, it, it just started pouring out of nowhere. She couldn't even see the headlights at the end of her hood. Okay, I'm gonna let you go so that you can drive, but please be careful, and please, please call me when you get there. Okay, okay, I will. She hung up the phone without saying goodbye. The thunder was cracking again and again, like an angry horseman's whip. The wind was howling and wedging its way between the car windows. Andy could have sworn that she heard it say her name. It was completely dark now and she was leaning over her steering wheel to find the road when suddenly she slammed on her brakes. There was something directly in front of her car. What was it? Was it a... a person? If it was, it, it would have to be an abnormally large person. Was it a, a sign? Maybe it was a large elk or a moose. Were they the same thing? Did they even exist in Maine? Her mind raced from one thought to the next. Meanwhile, it just stood there. Whatever it was. Seemingly unfazed by the pouring rain, it didn't move. Dark and mysterious, except for the small traces of light reflected by her headlights. She honked the horn, but the thing wouldn't budge. Damn it! She exhaled as she continued honking and flashing her lights. Gathering her nerve, she grabbed her umbrella and hesitantly opened the car door. 
rain came flooding in from overhead. She emerged, fighting to get the umbrella open in a futile effort to keep herself from getting drenched. As her feet touched the ground, the ground gave way and she sank into mud up to her shins. Are you fucking kidding me? A gust of wind blasted past and instantly turned her umbrella inside out. In a fit of rage, she nearly threw the useless thing off the edge of the cliff. Or what she assumed to be the edge. She couldn't see that far. She decided to keep it, just in case she needed to use it to fight off whatever was out there. She could see it a little better from outside. It wasn't a person. What could it be? She squinted through the dense rain and timidly inched closer. With every small step, she swung the mangled umbrella like a sword. The thing didn't seem to be frightened. It wasn't until she was almost directly in front of it that she could tell what it was. She laughed at herself, embarrassed at her melodramatic performance. All of this to scare off a rock. Well, not just a rock. This was a mammoth boulder. A boulder? Right in the middle of the road. Or maybe she had run off the road? Either way, she breathed a little easier now. It was almost black against the backdrop of the charcoal sky. The dreadful thing loomed over her. It must have been more than seven feet tall. How had she not seen this before? Surely she had been driving in circles for the last two hours. There was a patch of something on its surface, right at eye level. Subconsciously, Andy reached out and dug her fingers into the dense, wet moss and pulled a large chunk of it away. She could feel something underneath the growth on the rock's surface. It felt like something had been carved into it. A few more swipes and the moss was all gone. Then, she rubbed the rainwater into the muddy residue and wiped it away. She could now run her fingers along the surface. They were carvings. She was certain of that now. They felt like letters, maybe? It was still impossible to see in the darkness. She sprang back to her car and returned with her phone. Throwing her jacket up over her head, she leaned her forehead against the rock and made a canopy with the collar of her jacket to block the rain. In the light of her phone's flashlight, she was clearly able to see it. She was right. They were letters. Letters that formed words. Line by line they gathered to form a strange poem. But what did it mean? Shrouded in darkness, she lies in wait, luring foolish men to tempt their fate. For her coffers filled with treasures untold, but hasten their escape, lest their souls she should hold. Oh my god, this is incredible, she thought. She tried to make sense of the words. Who carved this and when? She leaned back and tried to take a picture of it. Another crack of thunder and lightning caught Andy off guard, causing her to drop her phone. 
The phone hit the road with a crunch, casting shattered bits of it around the space at her feet. Andy pictured the grainy footage of the atomic bomb test as she stood helpless to stop it from happening. Her words were drowned out by another clap of thunder. With a heavy sigh, she retreated back to the driver's seat. There was nothing she could do now but wait out the storm. As she settled back in, she peeled off her jacket and shook her drenched hair out like a dog getting out of the bathtub. Thick droplets of water flung about the car's interior as if they were blood spatters in a crime scene. Good thing it's not cold, she reassured herself. After locking the doors, she reclined her seat and kept repeating the words of the poem aloud. Why would someone carve such a thing into a rock in the middle of nowhere? Was it a sign? A sign that she was heading in the right direction? Maybe. Unable to make sense of the whole thing, she broke down each line and tried her best to draw a conclusion as to its meaning. This worked to calm her nerves. As her heartbeat settled back down into a relaxed cadence, and with the threat of driving off a cliff now safely behind her, Andy's eyes grew heavy, and she succumbed to the now gentle bowls of thunder, the soft tapping of the rain on the windshield. Within minutes, she helplessly drifted off to sleep. The Hand That Feeds You is written and recorded by me, Tim Baker. I sincerely want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. I would appreciate if you could leave a rating. That's what helps the podcast appear higher in the search results. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends. There's no better way to promote a podcast than by word of mouth. New episodes will be released every week. And again, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay skeptical.